welcome to the Mindful Living Podcast. I'm your host, Athea Davis. Are you ready to become the person everyone loves, including yourself? Imagine being filled with purpose, joy, and focused energy every single day. I guide kids to gain their inner calm and adults to spark their inner child. Each week, I will give you fun, practical, and relatable, mindfully infused inspiration, insights, and information that you can directly apply in your life, family, and school or business. So let's get started. Hi friends, welcome back and happy day. You are listening to the Mindful Living Podcast with Athea Davis, and this is episode six. Friends, if you were tuning in last week, you remember from episode five that I was interviewing my very dear friend and colleague, Marissa Ford. She's a second grade teacher in the Houston Independent School District. So if you missed that episode, go back and make sure that you listen to episode five. That was part one of our interview. Today, we're going to be closing out and getting into part two of my interview with Marissa Ford. We talk about all the things that Black students are facing in education today, particularly the struggles of Black students and Black women students. Marissa is a science and math teacher and focuses a lot on active learning in the science and math context. And she's doing some pretty cool stuff with teaching young black women coding. So I'm excited to share this part of the interview with you guys to give you an idea of all the ways in which mindfulness impacts our lives. And Marissa is taking on mindfulness personally in her life and in the classroom. So I hope you enjoy this part two of my interview with Marissa Ford. It's hard to be black in the America that we live in. Yeah, no, thank you for addressing that. And one of the, the, the things that came to my mind, and, and some of you that are listening may have heard this term before. Some of you, it may be the first time. Marissa, I know you've heard it, but uh, I know it's often used in the education circles, implicit bias. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. And so an implicit bias, a lot of times, so there are a couple of things, uh, you know, when you mentioned racism growing up, and there, there are still blatant um, racism um, mindsets or racist mindsets in our country today. And then, but what we're also finding is that there's a lot of implicit bias, things that we're not aware of. And oh yeah, right. Like until we become aware of them and have those hard conversations. I think you know what you're saying is. Uh, that because these implicit biases exist, that you feel it's so important as a black woman educator teaching your black and brown kids today that you not only are you, you know, as a black student, brown student, amazing and have so much to offer the world, no matter where you come from. And, you know, you've got all these things to learn and and mindfulness will help you get in the right mindset to accomplish that. But you also have to know 
what's going out and what is going on out in the world when you are being perceived from someone else, particularly from a white person, you know, looking at you as a black student, brown student, whether it's a conscious thing or an implicit bias thing. Oh, can I tell you one implicit bias that I didn't even, it it always bothered me, but I didn't have a term for it until I, you know, became an educator. Um, I've always found it like this. And um, growing up, before I, like, you know, you just, you just walk in, you don't say anything, you just walk into a room, and then I start to speak. And people will say, oh my gosh, you sound so well educated, I didn't expect that. Excuse me? What? <laughs> like, that is the one that I hear the most. Oh, my gosh, you're so well-spoken. Well, what did you expect? You know? Like, so I'm more radical now because I know I have the tools and I have the knowledge to understand, like, that they have the implicit bias, and it's my job to correct it because if I don't correct it, then they'll think it's okay, you know? And so I'll say, well, what did you expect for me to sound like? And then in that moment when they're left speechless, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, you knew that was wrong. You didn't know it was wrong, but I'm telling you at this point, it's wrong. Don't ever say that again, you know? Yeah. um, One, I'm just, you know, I'm thinking, wow, you know, I was really stepping in your shoes uh, for a moment thinking, wow, you know, to be told that and how that must feel. Uh, which doesn't feel great. Uh, and so I'm just feeling that with you right now in that moment as you share that story. And and I think you're right. It's having the uncomfortable conversation, not to be mean and not to get angry about it, but just to be uncomfortable and say, hey, you know, I wonder if you're aware right. that this is what that sounds like to me. You know, and so right. it's interesting, and uh, and uh, it's something, again, like, I'm so happy we're talking about this because it's, I don't think, talked about on, on the regular. I For me, and I know you and I have talked about these issues quite often and in-depth that, you know, in 2019, you know, there are a lot of great things uh, in 2019 for all different kinds and colors of people and mm-hmm. right and that these implicit biases still exist because right. the very nature of them is that we just don't know about them until someone brings them into our awareness and we have those conversations right or when someone asks to touch my hair no it, it to touch it No touching hair. <laughs> okay. No, don't touch my hair. <laughs> well, well, that being said, um, one of the things, I know you addressed some of the main issues that are going on for black students today, but what about for black women students, particularly as it relates to STEM or STEAM? And remember, guys, STEM is... Uh, science, technology, engineering, math, and Marissa likes to use STEAM, science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Yes, so um, I actually just uh, proposed a grant, so I'm hoping that it um, 
that it comes to fruition and I get selected. And so uh, what my grant was about was um, um, it was called Girl Code. And essentially what I wanted to do was develop um, girls in my school, um, mainly girls, because um, the STEM industry um, in America, only 24% of the, um, the people in the STEM um, field are women. And of that 20%, only 10% of them are colored. And their, um, their version of colored was black, um, Hispanic, or Asian. And so I don't know of that 10% how many are black and Hispanic, but um, 24% of the, of the field is women. Of that 24%, 10% is like black women, essentially. Do you know how small that is? Like that, that percentage is minute compared to the amount of men or, you know, white women that are in the field. And um, I think it's our job to be able to um, teach them that there's all of these opportunities that are out there. Um, pharmaceutical rep, pharmaceutical building, um, building surgery um, tools, um, becoming a doctor, becoming an engineer, doing um, operating 3D printers, um, creating brakes or rotors or pieces that go on your car. Um, I don't think that they know that these types of opportunities and that these job jobs are out there. And so, so um, what my grant, if I get selected, is going to do is going to afford them the opportunity to know about these fields, grow into these fields, and um, hopefully they matriculate you know through high school and choose different um high schools and colleges that will further provide them opportunities of growth in this field but in addition to you know learning about coding and um problem solving it will increase their academics because coding is problem solving coding is math um um, learning about the careers will include reading and research, um, but also I embedded an etiquette portion to the um, grant because, again, you know, we need to be able to function and succeed in any place that the world sends us. Um, we can't just learn how to function in the community that we live in. We have to be able to thrive in different communities. We have to be able to thrive in different settings. Um you have to be able to succeed and know the inner workings of the, the middle class or the upper class or the lower class. You know, like we have to be able to um, have enough information to be able to thrive in any situation that our job or the world places us in. Yeah, no, that's powerful. I'm so excited and proud of you for you know, putting the work to uh, go through with that grant. And we hope you all the best. Can't wait to hear, to see what arises from that, the work that you put into that. I just came across the other day an article from the Univers- University of Houston Women's Studies. Uh, they had an article from, I think they were saying, there were now four black women deans at Harvard University. So how amazing that is. And it just you talking about the work you're doing with Girl Code 
and having having black women, black young women step into their agency and leadership in their life and seeing these role models out in the world are just amazing things. And and what I what I want listeners to see and I hope they're seeing like this the connection of and maybe you can elaborate after I say this Marissa is how mindfulness plays a part in the work that you do and you inspiring and empowering leads me right into social and emotional learning is on the rise and becoming a foundational staple to many districts across the United States in their core curriculum pillars. And to you, what is social emotional learning to you and how is it connected with mindfulness and, and again, this might be a little repeat of what you've already stated about how you're using mindfulness in the classroom, but how are you using those in the classroom? So again, like what is social emotional learning to you? What is the connection to social and emotional learning with mindfulness? And how are you applying that, if at all, in the classroom? Um, I think that social emotional, socio-emotional learning is to me, the ability to, I don't know, discern if you need to react or how you need to react or um, the ability to problem solve your way um, through stressful situations, um, it, it gives you the opportunity or it gives you like the knowingness, you know, to to respond. And um, I do create, um, you know, different situations and then we... Uh, um, every week or so, I'll create like a problem, whether it's my problem, whether it's a problem I'm really having in life or a, a made up problem. And then I kind of sit and talk with my kids like, hey, you know, what would you do? Um, um, because they may be faced with those types of situations. Or maybe I'll talk about something that happened the day before and say, hey, you know, so-and-so was really upset. They had a fight. Um, how could they have solved it better? What could, what could they have done? Um, do you think that they were right? Do you think that they reacted correctly? Um, you know, things like that. And I think that when we have those types of conversations and it, it teaches them um, and it models how to best solve without using violence or without using like vulgar language um, without having to raise your voice and um, it allows them different ways to solve a problem um, and and I think that you know social um, emotional learning and and mindfulness go hand in hand because it teaches them ways to solve problems but it also teaches them like the thought process and how to think think through you know, problems that they're having, not just react. It teaches them how to think instead of just reacting. Because I think we come from a reactive community and um, reaction isn't always necessarily the best way to get someone's attention or to solve the problem. Yeah, no, that, thank you for that. And what you sparked for me was metacognition and how that process using social and emotional learning skills and mindfulness, I believe like mindful mindfulness is infused in social and emotional learning skills. Um, and that it teaches us 
how how to not just learn the material, but learning how to learn, which what you said was looking through it, going through those thought processes, learning how to learn, that metacognition, thinking about how we think about things, which mm-hmm. gives us an awareness uh, ha- about a lot of different things, not just how we learn, but how we relate to each other. Right. And then understanding, it also gives us the ability to understand the differences that we have. And I think be- I think when we're able to understand the differences that we have, we're able to celebrate our differences and also learn um, from people's differences. And um, because sometimes when people say differences, it's like, oh, this, they don't have this or they have this. So that means that there is not as good, you know, but that doesn't, it, that is not necessarily the case. I mean, everyone is different. And so I think that whenever you are able to recognize differences and celebrate differences, then you're able to grow um, and then maybe that someone's difference will spark an initiative in you to change something or to, you know, it just creates like, I think, uh, I think it creates more of like a family slash, um, understanding or a committed to change type environment. Yeah, no, I got it. Thank you. Yes. Being committed to to change right and taking ownership and agency and leadership in your life on what's working and what's not working and despite my circumstances where i'm coming from or who's saying what or how how i'm being perceived i have the power to be whatever i want to be because i am the amazing me okay so i had to pull some dr seuss (laughs) (laughs) share with me a student highlight how they've either shared with you or that you've witnessed or have experienced how mindfulness has impacted them in a positive way in the classroom or at home? Um, Okay, so I have a student this year, and he has a lot of issues with controlling his anger, um, responding appropriately, and um, I seem to always get the behavior kids, I guess, because my principal knows that I like to build relationships first, but um, he has severe behavior. Um, And I've been trying to teach him, you know, calm down, take deep breaths, move away from the situation. Um, Don't just resort to fighting right away. You know, think about things before you respond. Maybe take some deep breaths, maybe some dragon breaths, maybe just go get a drink of water. And so... um, (laughs) that always bothers him and I understand that the kid always bothers him but literally last week he was like I got some water I walked away I took some deep breaths I moved away I told him to stop and it still doesn't work so I want to fight him and I was like you know what thank you for telling me all of the steps that you took first because that lets me know that he's listening and that he's understanding like what steps he should take so even though he still wanted to fight him, I was a very appreciative that he actually took like the five steps, even though they weren't successful, you know, but I was still very proud that he took the steps of like telling the person to leave him alone, moving away, taking deep breaths, leaving the situation to get water. And so then I was able to intervene and just like break it up completely. But I, I was glad that he was able to, you know, try to problem solve himself, his, himself through like, 
mindful breaths and like thinking about does the situation really bother me um thinking about like how he could he should respond he was like i didn't raise my voice at him i just told him to stop and he didn't so then i moved away so he's like telling me all of the steps that he did and so in my mind i'm like yes maybe this will keep happening every single time there's an issue so i'm very hopeful that is going to work well, I love it. I love it. And and it, it sounds like it is working because instead of reacting, he, he went through all of those steps before doing yes. anything. So that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, last question before we head out, Marissa, tell me your favorite educational mentor that's active on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Um, I'd like to think that I'm my favorite because if I'm not my favorite, then I'm not going to be anyone else's favorite. But if I had to choose a real person besides myself, I would choose Ron Clark um, because I'm absolutely obsessed with his school and the way that he um, the way that he just changes lives. And I, I think I'm obsessed because his school is so successful and the demographics of his school look like the demographics of my school. So I know if he's able to be successful with the same type of kids that I'm educating, then we should be able to be successful. Yes, Ron Clark. I love him. And for those of you that are listening and do not know Ron Clark, make sure to check out Ron Clark. He's on Twitter and Facebook at, he's simply at Ron Clark. And you can find him at the Ron Clark Academy. He's doing a lot of amazing things out in the world. And you... And if you're ever able to visit, you should definitely visit because it is it is crazy. Like, crazy in the best way possible. I, I came back so on fire, ready to teach just because of all of the things that I saw happening at his um, at his school. Yeah, I love it. And, um, and every time I get to watch or see what they're doing, I mean, I follow him on a consistent basis as well. And I always love what he's sharing out on social media. And for you, Marissa, I know that you're active in the educational realm on Twitter. What is your Twitter handle? You can share here. So if anybody wants to follow what you're doing at school over at, uh, at Shady Dell and wherever you may find yourself teaching in the future, what's your Twitter, uh, Twitter handle so they can follow you and what you're doing okay, out in the so world? Our school Twitter is Shady Dell Rams. So if you're listening to this, you should go us and then my personal twitter is the underscore ford underscore focus and and, um, i also just created an instagram with the same handle so um the underscore ford underscore focus like the car oh perfect okay so they can find you on instagram and twitter and they can also find shady dell on twitter as well and thank you for sharing those handles and thank you for the amazing conversation and for talking about some fun and difficult and possibly uncomfortable issues for some of our listeners today and really important ones that need to get out into the world and really still need to be discussed so they can no longer be uncomfortable issues and just things that we're looking at with love, with kindness, getting through them together. All right, Thank Marissa, you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you, too. All right, dear. Bye for now. All right. Okay, bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed part two of my interview with Marissa Ford. Friends, if you're just tuning in, make sure to go check out episode five. That contains part one of my interview with Marissa Ford. 
And if you're wondering how you can help bring awareness to implicit bias for you, for your kids, for your family, first, simply talk about it. And I know that it's uncomfortable. And the way that we learn how to talk about uncomfortable things is we do practice our mindfulness practices. And if you're new to mindfulness, you have found yourself in the right place. Keep tuning in because I'm going to share all the things that will help you bring mindful living into your everyday life. And in addition to talking about it openly, just be open to feedback. Open to maybe the things that you say or the perceptions that you have that are biased, that are prejudiced, that are racist. And it doesn't mean that you as a person are bad or racist in any way. It's important we just start talking about how implicit biases show up in our language. As you heard Marissa and I discuss, we don't know what we don't know. And many times in the nature of implicit bias is we don't know, we're not aware. And it is so vital and helpful that we do have these uncomfortable conversations so we can become aware that you are bold in your communication, but also bold and kind because we don't want to be mean or point fingers. We're going to have any healing going on that way, but we do want to be open, not just to talking about it, but being open to constructive feedback about what we say or maybe how we're viewing certain things so we have the opportunity to heal it and transform it. And then another thing that you can do is share this podcast with all your friends, with educators. Guys, getting the message out there, that is so prime. So let everybody know. Send them to episode five and episode six and have them tune in to the discussion that Marissa and I have been having the last two episodes on the struggles that black students face in education today. Well, before I do leave you guys this week, I wanted to give you a free gift. This free gift is for my educator friends. I have a mindfully infused developmental quadrant guide. I know, a lot of words, right? So in this developmental quadrant guide, I actually give you practical ways that you can start adding mindfulness practices into your classroom. So go grab your free copy today. You can grab your free developmental quadrant guide for the classroom by going to soulsenseyoga.com forward slash mindful teachers. That's S-O-L-S-E-N-S-E yoga.com forward slash mindful teachers. And once you grab your free copy of my mindfully infused developmental quadrant guide, friends, make sure you are using it in the classroom. I believe wholeheartedly in the power that mindful practices has to elevate our life with the twist of awesome sauce flair, always. And lastly, I wanna make sure that you guys are aware, I have a free masterclass coming up. 
a free Mindful Living Masterclass. Mark your calendars for May 6th. Nine days, nine steps. I give you my personal roadmap to help you de-stress for success. This is perfect for educators, for leaders, for parents, for anyone wanting to step into living their best life to living with clarity, confidence, and ease. Go register now at soulsenseyoga.com forward slash nine to shine. And that's S-O-L-S-E-N-S-E yoga.com forward slash nine to shine. You can register now. We start May 6th. And when you register now, you get your free nine-step roadmap that we will use to guide our free Mindful Living Masterclass. Thank you for listening to the Mindful Living Podcast with me, your host, Athea Davis. Think of me as your extra sparkly, good vibes, and no-nonsense guide reminding you to take intentional action and choose to be the person today you want to become tomorrow. The world needs your sparkle, your joy, your gifts in action. Speaking of, I have a free gift for all my podcast listeners. Go now and subscribe to my email list and get your free health and wellness guide, Awesome Sauce Insights at soulsenseyoga.com. And take a moment to rate and review my podcast on iTunes or wherever you may find yourself listening to Mindful Living with Athea Davis. I truly appreciate your time and feedback so I can continue to deliver valuable content to each of you. Until next time, have an awesome sauce day, friends.